0: Johnson Wax program with Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> the makers of Johnson's wax for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. prove certainly proved to be very helpful during these days when we have to take better care of our household things. Take your refrigerator, for example. A great many of you undoubtedly use Johnson's wax, probably the cream wax, to protect the outside against fingerprints, smudges, and dirt. But I wonder how many of you have discovered that you can keep the wire shelves from rusting by giving them an occasional coat of Johnson's wax. Let me read you part of an interesting letter that just arrived from a prominent businessman. Our electric refrigerator, like all others, he writes is reaching the used stage. The wire shelves were rusting, and I suggested to my wife that she should clean them and give them a coat of Johnson's wax. It really works wonders and completely stopped the rusty condition of the shelves. Well, I'm very glad to pass this man's suggestion along. Johnson's wax does protect metal surfaces against rust and corrosion. Try it on your refrigerator shelves the next time you're waxing your floors, furniture, and woodwork. If you could follow a mail carrier for one day and see the mixed emotions that he leaves in his wake, it would probably wear you out. So let's just follow the postman to one address. 79 Wistful Vista, the home of Fibber, McGee, and Molly.
1: Mares, he don't, a letter for Jones, the post for McGee. A kid eat Ivy, too, posties do. Oh, uh-huh, mares, he don't, send up, uh-oh, number 79. And Dozy oh, don't, a little lamb's peanuts. wouldn't you? Indeed, I would. Nobody asked me. Good day, sir. Have I the extreme pleasure of speaking to Mr. Fibber, McGee? You have, bud. At least I am.
2: Are you the new mailman? Yes,
1: I am, madam. And please let the post office department know if there's anything we can do for you. Oh, fine. We'll be glad to take a letter or postcard almost any place you say. <laughs> By the way, do you need any stamps today? No, Bob, I don't believe we do. Have you seen the new air mail? Very attractive and only six cents a piece. No, no, I don't think we <laughs> well,
2: do. Well, how
1: about some three? I don't think any real American can have too many three-cent stamps because... Now, I'll... look, bud, skip the salesmanship. You got any mail for me? Yes, sir, I have. One letter. There you are. Oh, thanks, Bud. Hey, what are you swaying back and forth like that for? You feel dizzy? Oh, no, I'm just training myself. Huh? Someday I hope to be a railway mail clerk and just travel around like everything. Well, good day. (laughs) (laughs) Ah,
2: great personality.
1: Yeah, reminds me of the Pony Express somehow. Around the neck, mostly. (laughs) Hey, this is the letter I've been waiting for. Who's
2: the letter from? A woman
1: in New York that analyzes character from your handwriting. I sent her a sample of mine several weeks ago.
2: Oh, dear. What does she say? Oh,
1: boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. This woman is uncanny. She's got my character down perfect. Listen to this. Your signature shows definite professional ability. Amazing. (laughs) Listen. It says, your writing shows a keen understanding of human nature, a deep sympathy for your fellow man. I... Hey, where are you going, Molly?
2: I'm going to whistle for that mailman. He gave you the wrong
1: mail. No. Wait a minute now. Listen to this. It says, it is to be hoped you are a physician, for you would have made an excellent one. Oh, dear. You are analytical. You You have a deep insight into human nature, and you have what is more important, the common touch. You get that, Molly? I got the common touch.
2: <laughs> Why don't you study medicine, McGee? Or would you have to go back and finish high school first? <laughs> I
1: always knew I should have been a doctor. Always wanted to be a doctor, in fact.
2: If people could see your bedside manner when you're looking for your slippers on a cold morning, I don't think
1: they uh, <laughs> The common touch. Dr. McGee, physician and surgeon.
2: Now listen. <laughs> Don't start believing everything you read in your mail. To think
1: of the years I've wasted, the lives I might have saved, the suffering I might have averted. All because I never knew till now that I had it. The common touch.
2: (laughs) You know, McGee, I always thought you had studied medicine at one time.
1: Did you really, Molly? What made you think so? Because of my deep analytical?
2: No. Because no doctor's ever prescribed for you yet that you didn't give him an argument.
1: Oh, yeah? Well, that's because they all got what they know out of books. I got it right here. In the heart. If Alice ever... Oh, hello, Alice, dear. Hello, Mrs. McGee.
2: Hello, Mr. McGee.
1: Good day, child. Please sit down. (laughs) What's troubling you this morning?
2: Well, nothing is troubling. Come, come,
1: child, relax. You can tell me this nervous tension is something to be avoided.
2: Well, how can she relax when you keep staring at the child, McGee?
1: Are you sure you're getting enough rest, my child?
2: Enough rest? Keepers, I get four or five hours sleep every day of the world, my dear. That's enough for anybody. For a girl her age, McGee, she's... Hey, how old are you, Alice?
1: Four going on five. Four going on five.
2: Well, What's the. Oh, my birthday is February 29th, Sleep Year Day. Oh, I have my fifth birthday this year. Yeah. Oh, a five year old child. Yeah. <laughs> well, go ahead, Doctor. Yeah. Examine her. Maybe she's teeth.
3: <laughs>
1: please, ladies, please. Less levity.
3: You
1: mm-hmm. can have any less. <laughs> now, child, I want you to stop worrying
3: Worrying? Crymity, I'm not worried After all,
1: things like this may pass off in no time at all The main thing is to... Like
2: what, quit, Mr. McGee Gee, Oh, that... stop
1: scaring the girl,
2: McGee There's nothing the matter with her
1: <laughs> Of course there isn't Nothing serious, anyway Tell me, Alice Do you have a slight feeling of hunger before meals? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yes, I do, but... Do you I... have a
1: sort of a tired, sleepy feeling just before you go to bed?
3: Yes, is that very strange? When you get out
1: of the bright sunshine, when you go out of the bright sunshine into a movie theater, does everything go black for a brief time?
2: Gee, come to think of it, it does. Mr. McGee, is there Mom, that... Now, now, what's the matter? You're getting pale. I, well, I guess I don't feel very good all of a sudden. I think I'll go up and lie down. That's the best
1: thing you can do, child... I'm afraid you've been burning the candle at both ends against the middle. <laughs> Here, have this filled.
2: McGee, what are you doing? You have no business writing prescriptions. But, but this is just a blank piece of paper, Mrs. McGee.
1: Yes, that's to put your gum into. <laughs> I don't want you swallowing it when you lie down. <laughs> now run along, child, and get plenty of rest. Drink a lot of milk, and don't worry.
2: All right, but jeepers, I feel awful. Sound me <laughs> Jerry, Harry, what was
1: the idea of all that? The common touch, my dear. The common touch. Cheer up the sick ones and scare the junior out of the healthy ones.
2: <laughs>
1: it's all a matter of human understanding. The common touch. And I got it.
2: Yeah, and you can have it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Billy Mills in the orchestra playing softly as in a morning sunrise.
1: understanding of human nature, the humanitarian outlook. Take all the great physicians of the world. We all had it. <laughs> the common touch. Now you take a great physician like Louis Pasteur.
2: See, he discovered radium, didn't he? Oh, no.
1: You're thinking of the wrong Louis. That was Louis B. Mayer.
2: <laughs>
1: Pasteur invented hydrophobia.
2: Oh. Oh. Well, it wasn't very smart of him. The world would be better off if hydrophobia had never been
1: invented. Well, that was his destiny, my child. When we got the common touch, like I got, we can understand that a human being is but a small cog in the vast machinery
4: of the uh, of the. Uh, of the uh... Saved by the bell. Yes. <laughs>
2: Come in.
4: Ah, good day, Mrs. McGee. What a sight you are for sore eyes. <laughs> and McGee, dear fellow, what a sight you are. <laughs>
2: nice of you to drop in mr wellington
1: hello sigmund my boy i trust you will forgive me for my rudeness at the rotary luncheon this noon i'm afraid i was not very tolerant but that was before i knew i had
4: the common touch
1: (laughs) what did you do that was so rude mcgee
4: oh nothing really at all my dear it was really nothing he merely sneered at one of my humorous anecdotes (laughs) the one the one about the little shepherd girl who disappeared and they found her little sunbonnet bonnet weeks later out in the posture. Well, <laughs> tell her the payoff segment. I consider it very amusing. <laughs> the denouement of the anecdote, Mrs. McGee, is that the girl was victim of her own ignorance. Her name was Ivy, and she didn't know that little arms eat Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Yes? Oh, that's
3: all.
2: Oh. It went big at the luncheon, Molly.
1: You made a fine speech, Wellington. Incidentally, you better watch your diet. I beg your pardon, old chap.
2: What about his diet, McGee? For him,
1: I'd recommend a high protein diet. No roughage. Lots of whole wheat bread. No pork. Lots of milk products. Get lots of rest and cut down on the smoking, Wellington. Better come back again and see me in about two weeks. And don't worry,
4: we'll pull you through this all right. Mm, You'll have to. I won't go through it willingly. (laughs) Oh, so sorry, I almost forgot what I came over for. Will you excuse me, Mrs. McGee? Why,
2: certainly, Mr. Wellington.
4: Thank you. I say, my dear fellow, hmm? Huh?
1: Oh, oh, sure, sure, sure glad to, Wellington. You don't apologize. Remember the sportsman's motto?
4: It isn't how you played the game, it's did you win or lose.
3: <laughs>
4: what a charming version. Well, I must go home and give my great Dane his German lesson. You're teaching your dog German? Yes, in case we wish to travel in occupy Germany after the war. Yeah, but how do you expect a dog to speak German? But he already does. What? I started him off with Auf Wiedersehen, and already he can say out. Oh. <laughs> Good day, thank you, boy.
2: <laughs> well, what did he want, dearie? He wanted
1: to borrow two bucks till Saturday. Well,
2: if you didn't have it, at least you're getting it. What? The common touch. No, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose a touch for one dollar would be even more common. What's the matter?
1: I just wondered if Kramer's drugstore's got a stethoscope I could buy. What's a doctor without a stethoscope? Oh, and...
2: now, just a minute, Mickey. Huh? Don't go too far with this thing. What do you mean? Why, the first thing you know, you'll be caught practicing medicine without a license, and I'll be writing tear-stained letters to the parole board.
1: Oh, come, come, my dear Molly, come, come. Medicine is merely a hobby with me. Remember, I have the soul, the heart of a great physician.
2: Really? Anyone I know? <laughs>
1: Hand me the phone, my dear. I shall call the apothecary shop. The what? You mean the
2: apothecary shop? Yeah, the drugstore. you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Hello, operator. Give me Kramer's drugstore. Just below. Oh, is that you, Merck? Oh, dear. How's
2: every
1: little thing, Mert? Here, What say, Mert? Your uncle. Oh, that's tough. Lost a pair of rubbers, eh? Doesn't he know where he lost them, McGee? Sure, they went in the army. <laughs> Mert's uncle runs a Turkish bath.
2: Oh, Oh, <laughs> dear.
1: Okay, thanks. The drugstore doesn't answer.
0: Maybe they ought all... to. Hello, kiddies. Remember me, the man who sells the you know that's so good for your stuff and things?
2: <laughs> Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hello,
0: boy.
1: Sit down and stop worrying about it. Worrying about what? The crease in your pants.
2: <laughs>
1: it's all very well to be neat and clean, boy. But overemphasis on one's personal appearance indicates that one is socially unsure of oneself. You feel all right now? <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's all right, Mr. Wilcox. The great physician was lost in McGee, and he's trying to find it again.
1: Help
0: all right again, boy? What do you mean, again?
2: Well, you didn't have the flu, you know, Mr. Wilcox, remember?
0: Yes, and I remember a guy named Von Zell came in here and nearly ruined me. If you've got to analyze a character, pal, work on Von Zell. There is one.
1: Why,
0: <laughs> fine lad, Von Zell. Splendid personality. Uh, hey, by the way, what do you mean I'm worried about the crease in my pants? That never worried me, and you know it.
2: No, Mr. Wilcox is just naturally well-groomed, is if that's a character deficiency, you
1: could deteriorate a little yourself. Huh? Oh, come, come. I was merely pointing out that too much neatness and, uh, crudeness is uh, merely the result of the subconscious mind trying to overcome a natural tendency towards sloppiness.
0: Is that clear? <laughs> Well, personally, I think it's a lot of Mahoola. When people are neat and clean, it only means that they like to be neat and clean, that's all. Ah, but look, boy. Do you mean to sit there with your head between your ears and tell me that people all over the world use Johnson's Wax because they feel socially unsure of themselves? Birdseed. They use Johnson's Wax because they know how it'll save housework. <laughs> they preserve and beautify their floors, woodwork, and furniture. But subconsciously, boy. Subconsciously, <laughs> they feel they're economizing, too. Because wax protected things last longer and re- require less frequent replacement. Yeah, but the common touch, Mr. The most done. beautiful common touch in the world is the touch of a Johnson wax surface. Oh. The satisfying, smooth, satiny feel of a surface sealed against dust and dampness. Mm-hmm. And hey, if you want to play Doctor Pal, don't try it on me. Hmm? I wouldn't let you examine the tongue on my coaster wagon. Come oh. by <laughs>
1: And holding out on me, eh? What do you mean? He never told me he had a coaster wagon. (laughs) Ah, well, it's them little weaknesses of people that endears them to me. (laughs) Hey, I wonder how I'd look if I grew a goatee.
2: Probably like a small buffalo, Bill. (laughs) Now, listen, you can just sit here in your mellow little mood and love the human race. I've got to order some groceries.
1: Okay, Molly, dear. Ah, there goes a good kid. For her sake, I'm glad I never did study medicine. I'd have been constantly traveling all over the world, being consulted by famous people, with her sitting here alone, lonesome and neglected, watching out the window for her famous husband. I'm sorry, my dear, but my duty is to the world, I say. Did you know there was a petition to bury me in Westminster Abbey? No, no, not now. I mean, after I'm dead. <laughs> ah, I can hear them bells. The chimes of Westminster... Uh, <clears throat> oh, <laughs> Come in. Good day, my child. Come in, come in, come in, little one. Please Do sit down. Well, I. Hmm? <laughs> I said sit down. I'm very happy to see you.
2: Are you kidding, Mister?
1: Hmm? No, my child. Why shouldn't I be glad to see you?
2: Well, gee, you almost hardly know I, I better?
1: Ah, but don't let my gruff exterior deceive you about my warm heart and great human understanding, sis. Why? Hmm? I. Well, generally speaking. My
2: daddy says so too. Says what? He says you're generally speaking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. You're old man. Oh, yes, your father. <laughs> Fine man, your father. Interesting example of a dual personality. If I can borrow a couple of pistols. <laughs>
2: well,
1: how do you feel today, sis?
2: Not very good, I guess. You don't?
1: Hmm? I said you don't. Don't what? You don't feel good.
2: Hey, how'd you
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just a gift for diagnosis. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter?
2: A what? A sliver. Hmm. You're too small for a splinter and too big for a sliver. <laughs> hmm. Well,
1: that's nothing to worry about. I got one in my own finger. Come, sit on Doctor McGee's lap and I'll remove the sliver. Ah, uh, <laughs>
2: you're
1: not a doctor, Betty. You. No, yeah, you mean if I never went through the ridiculous formality of getting a degree? No, but I got all the qualifications sis. human understanding, knowledge of people, and, and the common touch. Now hold still. Okay. <laughs> There. Now, that didn't hurt a bit, did it?
2: <laughs> Gee, not a bit. I never even felt it. Well, that's
1: because when you're a doctor at heart, you've got a sensitive touch. A dexterity in your hand. There's another reason, too, I betcha. What's that? You took the
2: silver out of your own finger. Uh, oh, my. Oh my finger. Hey, Molly. Bring the iron. Oh back <laughs> What on earth are you doing, McGee? I'm brushing
1: up on my medical studies. Hey, we got to get a new dictionary, Molly. This thing hasn't even got a simple medical term like pneumonia in it.
2: Strange that our dictionary shouldn't have pneumonia. We leave it open half the time. Mm.
1: (laughs) Well, it ain't in here. Look, it skips from Newmarket right down to (laughs) Newsboy.
2: Have you looked at the peas?
1: What good would that do? and pneumonia are two different kinds of things. Come
2: in. Hello, folks. never me? I'm Bueller. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Who's this cook? Well, how are you, Bueller? Yes, yeah, thank you kindly,
2: ma'am.
1: Thank you. are you getting along with the Toots, Mrs. Beulah? Mr. Toots like your cooking? Oh, he do indeed, Miss McGee. Uh-huh. He do indeed. <laughs> Everybody, just at breakfast this morning, he said, Beulah, you see?
3: He was dressing me personally, you know. Uh-huh, yes. Yes, and he said, Beulah, he said your biscuits
2: is just like a feather. That's what he said. It's uh-huh. <laughs> like a feather, huh? Yes, and then he say, now can I have one that's more like
3: a biscuit? <laughs>
1: Uh, oh, Morty, he's a, he's a clip. He's got more wheezes than a accordion. Hawk shop accordion. shop accordion?
2: man. Oh, he's real amusing, isn't he, he <laughs> He's got the common touch, jeweler.
1: Well, what can we do for you this evening, jeweler?
2: Oh, nothing at all, Mr. McGee, huh? None at all. I, I just brought you half a half dozen cream puffs I just made fresh. Oh, hmm. thank you very much here just
1: loves cream puffs, don't you, Dizzy? Yeah, I'd like to fall in a well full of them and eat my way out. <laughs> Are you sure the troops can spare these, Bueller? We don't want to short them on ration point. Oh, no, sir. Mr. Mr. he ain't one for a dessert, you know, and i and I take some for the kiss. <laughs> Besides, I just want you to know Beulah's cooking, just in
3: case.
1: In case of what, Beulah? Oh, just in case. <laughs> you know when a gal been over a hot stove all day long, You can't get frozen to a job like this. (laughs) (laughs) Bye now.
2: (laughs) Say, McGee, you think she's hitting for a job with us? Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am, I (laughs) was.
1: There, she's a creature of impulses, as I read her character. Impulsive, warm-hearted, and loyal. Yes, sir, she's the kind that yes. Ah, of... uh, if I only had my medical degree. At $5 a call, I'd have made 30 bucks so far today. Come
2: in. Oh, hello, Dr.
1: Gamble. Hello, Molly. How are you today, my little hypothyroid?
2: <laughs>
1: Please, doctor, there's a lady present. I'd suggest we leave my thighs out of the country. <laughs>
2: boys. You know, it's been a long time since I was so delicate that I called a leg of
1: mutton a limb of lamb. <laughs> you know, you look tired, doctor. I am tired, my dear. I've been sick for a week, but my confounded patients won't leave me alone long enough so I can go to bed and rest. I'm so run down, I got tread marks on my shirt. The <laughs> trouble with you, doc, is that you bungle your cases. Huh? You rely too much on Materia Medica, not enough on human nature. The best way to practice medicine is not with pills. It's from here, from the heart.
0: I see. And what
1: would you prescribe for influenza, Dr. Gillespie? Long walks in the rain?
3: <laughs>
2: not at all,
1: my dear sir, not at all. But i admit mix so a little kindness and warm-hearted understanding in the treatment.
2: Ah, uh, you know, when you say things like that, dearie, you get the moist, happy look of a horse that's
1: just had a nice roll in a dirt road. <laughs> Now look mcgee when i passed my medical examination so oh that's great doctor hey Molly, doc passed his medical examination i was wrong he is practicing legally why why are you insulting little gutter snipe are you trying to insinuate now boys
2: I... please to... come come mcgee don't lose the common touch
1: oh i'm sorry doctor i forgot myself well don't remember yourself on my account <laughs> i was merely trying to point out sir that in the proper treatment of people understanding is the fine factor you got to get behind the illness. Know what they're thinking. I know darn well what they're thinking. They're thinking, A, is this going to hurt? And B, is Doc Campbell going to let me off cheap? <laughs> the answer is yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> the,
3: trouble you,
1: guys, the trouble with you, you lack the important essential for greatness in your profession. Yes? Yes. The common sense. Well, of all the impudent, unmitigated, double-distilled arrogance, how you can have the infernal, shameless, insolent bumptiousness to stand there is no sympathy. No understanding. Stand there and tell me I don't understand my patient. Well, for three grains of monoacetic acid, of salicylic acid, I'd kick your pudgy little carcass from here to Helsinki. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well,
2: let me... Now, hi, about. McGee. Look, Doctor, it's all from The letter that he got. Yeah.
1: Letter? What letter? This letter right here, Doc. It informs me in no uncertain terms that I got what you lack. Tolerance. Understanding. The common touch. Where did you ever get a letter like that off? A Ouija board?
2: No. (laughs) From a handwriting analyst, doctor. She says McGee has the finest possible character to make a great physician.
1: Yeah, they could tell that from my handwriting, doc. Mm Mm-hmm. Ain't it wonderful how... When you submitted that handwriting sample, didn't you ask me to mail the postcard for you? Yes, you did, Miggy. I remember distinctly. Oh, so what? So what?
2: Huh?
1: <laughs> this is wonderful. What huh? Is, Doctor?
3: <laughs> huh?
1: Why, his, hand... <laughs> his handwriting was so illegible, I didn't have the heart to mail it. Huh? I filled another one out and signed his name to it myself. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, means, he means they analyzed
2: Dr. Gamble's handwriting and <laughs> not yours, Maggie. <laughs> well, of all the dirty underhanders... Tolerance,
1: my boy. <laughs> Understanding. Don't lose that common sense. <laughs> <laughs> all that dirty, low people. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for the wonderful way in which you answered our recent appeal to you to buy war bonds. We're sorry we can't give you the final results, as all the returns are not in. But we assure you. Your response was magnificent.
2: And today is the final day of the fourth war loan drive. So if you haven't bought as many extra bonds as you possibly can, now is the time to show your friends and relatives in uniform that the home front knows what to do in the Zero R. Good night. Good night, all.